thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Cleveland Indians four, the Milwaukee Brewers one. The Cleveland Indians come back and win the series over the Milwaukee Brewers two games to one. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. But before I get there, I want to give a big thank you to everybody out there who is listening to this show. Over the weekend, we passed a thousand downloads, a thousand listens, whatever you want to call it. And I can't tell you how much it means that you enjoy having some baseball conversation in your lives, whether you listen to me, you know, working, driving to work, walking the dog, cutting the grass, whatever you're doing. I really appreciate that you enjoy listening to some baseball talk. And I got to give a shout out to our international listeners because the stats that Anchor gives me are pretty cool. And obviously, most of our listens come from the United States, but we have listeners in Japan, we have listeners in India, Ireland, Thailand, Germany, Greece, and France. So if you're one of our international listeners out there, thank you so much for tuning into the show. And I'd love to hear how you keep your fandom going you know, living abroad like that, whether you grew up here in Cleveland, whether you have family from Cleveland, you know, how did you become an Indians fan? How do you keep it going overseas? So go ahead, email the show, clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. I'd really love to hear your story and hear how you stay Cleveland Indians fans from abroad. So again, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for all the support. If you've given a star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or anything like that, I appreciate it. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you can very quickly just click that star rating, that would really help the show out. I would appreciate that. So, yeah, let's talk some baseball. Let's have some fun because it, uh, it was a real baseball game yesterday, and that's not something we can say about every Cleveland Indians game, right? Sometimes this offense is so bad, it sputters so bad that it just it doesn't feel like a fun baseball game. Last night, or yeah, yesterday afternoon, felt like a fun baseball game. We had a little bit of everything. We had some defense. We had hits. We had rallies. We had strikeouts. We had pitchers working out of jams. We had some baseball yesterday. So let's get into it. How did it all go down? The Indians score their four runs on eight hits. Milwaukee held to one run on seven hits. So they had some rallies too. Shane Bieber gets the win. Brad Hand gets the save. And Brett Anderson, the veteran, takes the loss for the Milwaukee Brewers. Man, things were fun already in the first inning. Not only did Shane Bieber get two swinging strikeouts in the first inning, but Jose Ramirez had the play, the defensive play that everyone was talking about it. Ranging way into foul territory, his momentum carried him into foul territory. It's not like the ground ball was in foul territory. His momentum takes him way into foul territories towards the third base coach, and he's able to spin and throw an arcing throw to first base to get Kesson Hira out. And it's one of the best throws you will see a third baseman ever make. But I will tell you that I think there's two factors that go into this throw. Number one, guys like Jose Ramirez, guys like Nolan Arenado, these guys that are gold glove third basemen, they've made that throw thousands of times, right? They have ranged for, through all the levels of baseball they've come up. They've ranged to their right and thrown back across their body so many times that 
I think a little bit of his instinct, right? He knows where first base is. He knows where Carlos Santana is without even looking. He's made throws from there so many times. The second is pay attention to the mechanics here, right? If you if you coach kids, if you're a kid out there listening who wants to play the hot corner, pay attention to Jose Ramirez's mechanics yesterday because, yes, he threw across his body. Yes, he was ranging to his right, but he got his hips and his shoulders around. He didn't just throw across his body with his arm. His hips came around and squared up to Carlos Santana. His shoulders came around. He got his body around. When you make a throw like that, it is not all arm. It is body that makes that throw happen. So that was really cool to see. And, you know, there were a lot of good defensive plays. I don't want them to get buried here in the game summary. I think in the second inning, Jordan Luplo made a great running catch out in left field. We've talked before about how, like, it may look bad to us, but those outfielders out there, they know. They know they have the ball. That one looked a little more like he threw his glove up at the last second, hoping he would catch that ball. And he did. He came down with it. A good defensive play from Luplo out there. And then uh, Francisco Lindor had a really cool play going deep in the hole between short and third. It's a ball that actually got by Jose Ramirez. And, you know, often you'll see this where the the third baseman and the shortstop are cutting across each other. Jose Ramirez couldn't reach the ball, but cutting behind him, Francisco Lindor got it, and he fired a first and got the out. So big defense yesterday from the Cleveland Indians. And, of course, lots of strikeouts from Shane Bieber. He had 10 strikeouts on the day and he would need some of them some of them came in some very very clutch situations speaking of clutch the Indians get going early after Cesar Hernandez line out to start the game Jose Ramirez walks Francisco Lindor lines out but it moves Jose Ramirez up to second and then Carlos Santana delivers a double down the left field line first pitch swinging Equals first inning runs for the Cleveland Indians. So we get on the board first. one nothing Cleveland. Fermil Reyes would ground out to end that threat. Reyes didn't have a good game. Of all the Indians hitters, he was 0-4 for 4 on the day. Left five guys on base. So he's still leading the team in hitting. But yesterday was not Fermil's day. In the top of the third inning, Shane Bieber is cooking. He gets Jace Peterson looking on a... Pretty high curveball. He actually threw a curveball to the top of the zone, which is not something you see Shane Bieber do very often. Peterson was not happy about it, but didn't get thrown out of that game. He then gets Tyrone Taylor looking on a fastball for a strikeout and then gets Jacob Nottingham swinging on a breaking ball, I think a slider, down and away for his third strikeout of the inning. He strikes out the side in the third. Shane Bieber was cooking. Bieber would get himself into a little bit of trouble in the top of the fourth, but not too bad. After getting two ground outs to start the inning, he walks Christian Yelich. And walks are definitely something that uh, Shane Bieber needs to avoid. He only had one yesterday, but walks can turn into trouble. Walks can turn into rallies, can turn into runs very quickly. That's how the Indians scored in the first. That's how they put their first run across. And here we go. He walks Chris and Yelich, and then Vogelbach is able to single into right field, and it moves Yelich all the way to third. He's got speed, and he goes first and third on it. So now he's got runners on the corner, and only a one nothing lead at this point. He does get Orlando Arcia to ground into a force out, Lindor to Hernandez to get Vogelbach at second. So he gets out of it, 
but definitely the first pressure situation for Shane Bieber. And, uh, yeah, walks can turn into bad things really quickly. Now, in the bottom of the fourth, the Indians respond. Maybe they felt the pressure to give Shane Bieber some more support. But Francisco Lindor is able to single to center field. Carlos Santana grounds out softly, which moves Lindor up to second. Vermeil Reyes lines out to center field. So we got two outs. We got Lindor on second. We got Jordan Luplo up facing a lefty. And we know what Jordan Luplo can do against lefties. And he actually singles on a ground ball down the right field line, which brings Francisco Lindor in to score. I cannot tell you how rare it is for Jordan Luplo to hit a ball like this. In fact, I can tell you because I'm looking at his career spray chart here. And I can tell you that is the furthest towards first base, the furthest down the right field line that he has ever hit a ground ball. There's a couple of ones here that didn't make it past the pitcher, which I'm guessing were probably bunts. But, yeah, he has never hit a ground ball to the first baseman before. And he has never singled that far towards first base before. He's got a couple of bloop singles behind second base. He has never in his career put one down the line like that. So, Jordan Luplo beats all the odds, all the analytics, and scores Francisco Lindor from second. 2-0 now, and that's a Shane Bieber would need that because things would get really interesting now in the top of the fifth. His pitch count is starting to climb. He gives up a single to Luis Urias, and then he gives up a single to Jace Peterson back-to-back. Urias goes to third. Things are looking tough. Now, we've seen this before. We've seen Shane Bieber with runners in scoring position and no outs, and we've seen him work out of it. So I think everyone had faith yesterday that Shane Bieber would at least be able to limit the damage. So what does he do? He strikes out Tyrone Taylor the next batter he faces. There we go. One out, still runners on the corner. He gets a ground ball from Jacob Nottingham. However, it's a ground ball up the middle, and Cesar Hernandez, you could tell... He knew the only way they were going to turn two on this is if he made some incredible play. It looked like he was trying to scoop the ground ball on his backhand and flip it from his glove directly to Francisco Lindor. I mean, if he comes up with it clean, it might work, but it took a high hop, and he couldn't really come up with the ball clean. It ends up in his stomach, in his jersey, and falling to the ground. Everybody's safe, and Urias comes in to score. So it's 2-1 to one Cleveland. What would uh, Shane Bieber do? How would he respond? Well, he gives up a single to Ben Gamble, actually. And uh, luckily, it was a really sharp single right at Luplo's feet, and the runners are only able up to move up one base. So how would he respond to that? He gets Keston Hira to strike out swinging, and then he gets Kristen Yelich to strike out swinging. The hottest hitter in the Brewers lineup and the best player in the Brewers lineup, even though Yelich is really struggling right now. He gets both of them to strike out swinging. That would end his day. He would only go five innings, but the final line is five innings, five hits, one earned run, one walk, and ten strikeouts. So he is in by going five innings, he keeps himself in line for the decision. I know he was uh, a little bit frustrated with himself that he could only go five innings. I know he said that he wants to try to work deeper into games. But 
I mean, it's a, it's great effort. He gave a great effort yesterday. He threw a hundred pitches, one hundred and three pitches, sixty eight for strikes. And you know what? Sometimes games will just go like that. I agree. We'd all like to see Shane Bieber go seven, eight, maybe a complete game every now and then. You remember Corey Kluber when he was in his Cy Young seasons. It felt like he was throwing eight innings, nine innings, like every time he was out there. So Shane Bieber does seem to go about six innings or so. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. He gets himself into some sticky situations around the fifth and sixth inning. And But he always works his way out of it. So if that's what we get, that's what we get. I'll take it. It was a really impressive start again for Shane Bieber. This is must-watch TV. All right. The Indians would support our bullpen here in the bottom of the sixth inning. Jose Ramirez walks. And what do we say, man? When you walk someone... It can lead to trouble. Brett Anderson was still in the game in the bottom of the sixth, and I was kind of surprised how long they let Brett Anderson go. They walks Jose Ramirez. Francisco Lindor then doubles on a deep fly ball to left field. Unfortunately, that 19-foot wall stopped it from being a home run. Yelich buried himself in the wall for some reason instead of coming off and playing the ball off the wall like you would the green monster in Boston. He uh, he buried himself on the wall. He thought he could catch it. It was way high up the wall. And uh, Jose Ramirez has to go goes to third, and Lindor's in with a double. Obviously, he, Jose Ramirez has to hold a little bit to see if Yelich is going to catch it. And then Carlos Santana singles on a ground ball to left field again. Same thing he did in the first inning, this time for a single, but he shoots it through the left side. Into left field, Jose Ramirez comes in to score, and Lindor moves up to third. They finally take Brett Anderson out of the game. Eric Yardley comes in. He's a submarine pitcher. He gets Vermeil Reyes to ground into a double play. However, it brings in the run. It brings in Francisco Lindor from third. Now, you don't get credit for an RBI when you hit into a double play. So, no RBI, but he put the ball in play. And again, runner on third, less than two outs. In this case, no outs. There are tons of ways for that run to come into the score. And unfortunately, one of them is hitting into a double play, is the infield playing back so that they'll playing in double play depth. They'll take the two outs and they give up the run. And that's how our fourth run comes in. Four to one Cleveland now. There was a little bit more to that rally, but unfortunately, Naquin strikes out to end that inning. And uh, that's how it would go. We'd go all the way to the ninth inning, and Brad Hand uh, comes in to pitch again. I was a little bit surprised Brad Hand came in because he had pitched a pretty stressful inning the night before. I actually thought it would have been a good opportunity to get Karinchek into the game. Give Karinchek a save opportunity. I think that might might have sparked something in him because he's been scuffling his last two appearances. I think he would have come out on fire if it was a save opportunity, because deep down in his gut, Karinchek knows he's heading towards a closer role, right? He's got to know that that's kind of what's ahead, what's in store for him. And he's probably itching to get out there and start racking up some saves. So I thought it would have been a good situation to use him. You had a three-run lead there. You could have still brought Brad Hand in if you needed him. But they go with Brad Hand. He gets He gives up a single to Ryan Braun, but then gets Tyrone Taylor to fly out to Naquin and then gets Jacob Nottingham to hit into a double play. It was a great play by our infield. They had a 
return a quick double play with some runners really bearing down on them. It was actually challenged. It was actually reviewed by the Brewers, and the play was upheld. Nottingham out at first, and Bradhan notches another save. Bradhan has his 11th save now on the season. And it was good pitching all around from the bullpen. Phil Maiden did struggle at first, but he was able to get out of it. He pitched the sixth. Dominic Leone pitched a good seventh. He had two strikeouts. Whitgren pitched a clean eighth. And then Hand in the ninth. So great pitching all around from the Indians. Looking at the Indians' box score, Hernandez actually didn't get on base yesterday, which is rare for Cesar Hernandez. But... The meat of the order really did the work yesterday. Jose Ramirez was on base three times, a hit and two walks. He scores two runs. Lindor was on base three times as well. He had two hits and a walk. He scores two runs. Santana was on base three times as well. He had two hits, two RBIs, and a walk. And uh, for those Walk-Tana fans, uh, he swung at a 3-0 pitch. That single that scored the run late in the game was a 3-0 pitch. I'm sure the Walk Tana fans were all hoping for another walk there. Uh, and Jordan Luplo was on base three times. He had two hits, an RBI, and a walk. So good game from Jordan Luplo. And Roberto Perez had a hit as well. So that's how the Indians' offense went. Extra base hits from Santana and Lindor, both doubles. They were 4-for-11 with runners in scoring position yesterday. That's that's pretty respectable. That That's a good offensive performance by this Cleveland Indians team. But MVP for a day has to go to Shane Bieber. He moves to 7-0, 10 strikeouts and only five innings pitched. Yes, we would like to see him go deeper into games. Yes, he had quite the jam in the fifth inning, but Bieber pitched fantastic. His breaking ball was still giving guys giving guys fits at the plate. They could not handle the breaking ball. He was freezing guys with the fastball, gassing guys with the fastball too. I think four of his strikeouts came on fastballs yesterday, if I'm remembering the game story correctly. So Bieber had all the pitches working, and he gets MVP for a day. You know, it was interesting watching this series against Milwaukee because it feels like Cleveland and Milwaukee are similar teams, right? I think we just have the better starting pitching right now, and that's the difference between these two teams. Milwaukee is not having a great season. They have an outside shot at the playoffs with three weeks left. They're 18-21. and 21. Cleveland moves to 25-15, and 15, and I really feel the difference. They both have some established stars that might not be delivering the way you would expect them to deliver. They... They both play really good defense. They, they're they both energetic teams. They both have great bullpens. I think Cleveland just takes the edge over Milwaukee because of starting pitching. And this obviously, this Cleveland team is built on starting pitching. The Milwaukee team seems to be a little bit more built on offense, and they're not getting it right now. I mean, they've given a ton of money to guys like Ryan Braun, to guys like Christian Yelich. So that is the other difference between Milwaukee and Cleveland. Milwaukee will give out the big contract. Cleveland is yet to really give out the big contract. I know we're all waiting to see what happens with Francisco Lindor. Will he get Christian Yelich-type money? Uh, I mean, probably not, but... Uh, Yeah, so it feels like these are two similar teams. It's really interesting to see them match up. It's a shame we don't get to face Milwaukee more often because there's a lot of good players, a lot of interesting players on that team. 
it would be fun to see Christian Yelich more often, uh, you know, in progressive field facing the Indians and stuff like that. So, uh, fun series against Milwaukee, and we talked about it uh, Saturday morning for the Friday night game. We talked about it Saturday morning that you know the Indians lose, the Indians lose a pretty ugly game to start the series. But they were able to come back and win the series. They take the next two games. And that's big. They just keep winning series. They've done it since losing that series against Detroit. They lose the first game against Minnesota, but come back and win the series. They win two against St. Louis before losing the last one. They win the series. Lose the first against KC, but go on to win the series. And lose the first to Milwaukee, but go on to win the series. And we've got KC back for four games at home this time. They're all 6-10 starts, so if you turn on the TV at 7 o'clock, you are going to miss some stuff. So all 6-10 starts for the rest of this week against Kansas City before we go out on our last road trip of the season. Is that crazy to say? Yeah, we just passed Labor Day. It's September. This season is going to be gone in a flash, so make sure to enjoy it. Well, we still got some playoff baseball coming up. So that is is the game yesterday, and I want to talk a little bit about Shane Bieber and how Shane Bieber is doing because it's it's pretty fantastic. Like, you've heard some of the numbers. Mandy Bell, in her story, has the list of strikeouts through their first nine starts in Major League Baseball history, and this is the who's who of strikeout pitchers here. Actually, it's a short list because a lot of guys have done it in multiple seasons. Randy Johnson leads the list with 104 strikeouts. Then it's Pedro Martinez with 102. Back to Randy Johnson with 100 in his 2000 season. Back to Pedro Martinez with 96 in his 01 season. Kurt Schilling, Chris Sale, Pedro Martinez again, Kurt Schilling again, and then Shane Bieber with 94 strikeouts through nine games in 2020. So that is an elite list of strikeout pitchers right there. And then I wanted to take a look at how Shane Bieber compares to the other Indians pitchers that have won Cy Young Awards. And we start with Gaylord Perry in 1972. He went 6-2 with a save in his first nine appearances. So it's a little skewed. But he threw 68 68 innings pitched, 47 strikeouts to 20 walks, a 1.99 ERA, a 2.11 batting average, and a 1.044 whip. That's how Gaylord Perry started in his first nine appearances. CC Sabathia in 2007, he went 6 and 1, 61.2 innings pitched, 63 strikeouts, 11 walks, a 3.65 ERA, 2.69 batting average against, and a 1.216 whip. So, Surprisingly, CC Sabathia did not have that impressive of numbers to start 2007. Cliff Lee in 2008, he was impressive from the start. 7-1, 66 innings pitched, 54 strikeouts, 9 walks. That's it, just 9 walks. 1.5 ERA, a 209 betting average against, and a 0.879 whip. Whew, an under 1 whip. Corey Kluber, his two Cy Young seasons, 2014 and 2017. In 2014, Kluber actually started 4-3 and three on the season, 58.2 innings pitched, 66 strikeouts to 13 walks, a 3.38 ERA, a 2.68 batting average against, and 1.279 whip. I believe in both of these seasons, Corey Kluber really turned it on late. He really started racking up the stats in August after the All-Star break in September, and 
kind of had big finishes to his Cy Young seasons. In 2017, he was 5-2. and two. He missed some time in April, or May. I'm sorry. He missed some time in May. But in those nine first nine starts, 56 innings, point, 56 and a third inning pitched, 69 strikeouts to 17 walks, a 4.15 ERA. So he really closed the season strong. 242 average against and a 1.207 whip. Shane Bieber in 2020, 7-0, 57.2 innings pitched. So you can see he wasn't getting as deep into games as Lee and Perry and Sabathia. 94 strikeouts, though. Definitely leads all these pitchers and strikeouts. The only one that comes close is Corey Kluber and Sabathia, 63. But yeah, blowing them away on strikeouts to only 14 walks, by the way. His ERA is 1.25, the lowest ERA of any of these pitchers. His batting average against is 172, the only one of these pitchers under a 200 batting average against, and his whip is 0.85. The only one that comes close is Cliff Lee in his 08 season. So Cliff Lee is the most comparable, I think, to Shane Bieber here in his start to the season, but yeah, Shane Bieber is would be leading all of these guys, all of these guys who have the Cy Young hardware. They got the award on their mantle. He would be leading all these guys through his first nine starts. That's how good Shane Bieber has been. So those are all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. And if you heard the thunder in the background, it is an ugly ugly day in Cleveland. There are some big lightning strikes happening all around me right now. But so we'll see we'll see if this weather lasts or if they play baseball tonight. Obviously if there's a rain out, there'll be no episode, but I think this weather might clear and we might get a game in tonight. It's Plesac on the mound for the Indians facing Keller from the Kansas City Royals. So it is going to be a tough pitching matchup tonight. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Cleveland. It's the Indians 4, the Brewers 1. We'll be back tomorrow for to see if Zach Plesak pitched. We'll be back tomorrow if Zach Plesak pitches. If it gets rained out, obviously not. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can now email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. I am wide open to all your thoughts, your opinions, your predictions, whatever you got, send them over. I'd love to keep a conversation going amongst fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.